The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. And welcome into the EP Podcast. My name's Chris Lanuti. Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement here in my home in Evergreen Park. My co-host Hannah is at the ready. Also is Paisha Allen from the Evergreen Park Youth Department. She'll be joining us today. We're going to give you updates on everything going on in and around Evergreen Park, as we have been doing for nearly two years. And it's all brought to you proudly by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. First National Bank of Evergreen Park, located in that iconic building, on 95th and Pulaski is dedicated to supporting our area with great banking tools and friendly service. They're a true community bank that provides our neighborhood with customized financial solutions like total access checking, an account with free ATMs nationwide. Plus, when you open up a total access checking account today, EP Podcast listeners are getting $300 as a bonus. This is how you do it. Visit bankevergreenpark.com slash eppod to learn more. You have to use that link to get the $300 bonus. $100 required to open. Other requirements to qualify. Must use link to apply. Member FDIC. A long 4th of July weekend has concluded. Hopefully that neighbor of yours used up all those fireworks he had this weekend. Or you might be listening to them all the way until August. I wish I had $20,000 to blow on fireworks, but I'm just a humble podcaster who has your EP word on the street now. So many things opening up today, and now the Village Hall has returned to its normal hours. The EP library is allowing a certain amount of people inside along with the curbside service and the other services already being provided. And the Evergreen Park Youth Department has a ton of things opening up today. Along with the Recreation Department, Paisha Allen joining us in just moments to talk about that. Restaurants are moving people indoors. And who knows what's going to happen today after that ruling over the weekend by a judge downstate vacating every order that J.B. Pritzker has issued about the COVID-19 response and all of his phases since April the 9th. Should be an interesting week. Meanwhile, a couple of days this week are going to have a heat index over 100. If you have elderly neighbors, check on them, please. And if you are struggling this week with the heat, Don't be afraid to reach out for help. Sometimes we all need a little bit of help. Meanwhile, Amy Kazin from the Evergreen Park High School Theater Department is going to be having a virtual theater camp production. And those productions are going to start premiering on July the 10th, free for public viewing. Amy will be joining us live this Wednesday night on the EP Podcast at 7 p.m. You can listen to the live show using the Podbean app. You can get it in any app store for free. And you can get all the links and download capabilities at the eppodcast.com. Joining me on the phone line right now, a great friend of the show that unfortunately I can't get over here yet to the nine foot homemade oak bar, but I'm looking forward to it soon, Paisha. I have like wipes on top of the bar. I've got hand sanitizer. We got a mask <laughs> policy here. We're going to have to get you over here. Paisha Allen joins me on the line from the Evergreen Park Youth Department. How are you? 
I'm wonderful. How are you, Chris? Oh, I'm hanging in there. I, I just want things to get back to normal. I know it's taken forever, but we're slowly getting there. Uh, I just got back from a run. I'm trying to exercise and get rid of the 20 pounds I think I put on during this pandemic. And, and I'm just <laughs> I'm just trying to get myself back to normal because I, people are coming out of their houses and they're going to be like, oh, my God, Chris got fat. So I'm trying my hardest to get rid of that immediately. And I just did that before I started talking to you. What are you doing over there? I, I know you guys didn't really shut down, but you couldn't really have any youth programs. So what did you fill your time with over the last couple of months? Uh, we've just been planning for the next phase. Um, we always have something cooking in the pot. So even though we were not open our uh, youth programs, we were still planning for when we reopen and um, things of that nature. Give me an idea how many kids... And if you don't have the exact number, just give me an idea, just ballpark it for me. How many kids were, I don't want to say dependent, there might have been some that were, but were using your facilities and 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 going over there on a daily basis before all of a sudden they couldn't? Because that's a, that's a big switch for some kids who probably either relied on it or it was part of their everyday routine and it just went away all of a sudden. Right. I'm going to ballpark it. I'm going to say just the whole community, hundreds of kids, Chris, because between the recreation department and the youth department, we have so many programs for the youth, um, you know, all age ranges. Um, they all depended on this building and just our program. So I'm going to say hundreds of kids, hundreds. So that's got to be tough because you see some of these kids all the time and then all of a sudden you don't see them. And it's like, you know, I wonder what happened to so-and-so, and I hope so, I hope this kid's doing okay or whatever. And and you also now probably are getting interest with people that are asking what's going on, is anything going to open back up? So what kind of interest are you getting, and, and, and what's in the pipeline? Like, what's going to start off first here with the youth department as things start to kind of turn into the next phase and get, get back running again? Uh, in terms of the youth department, we do uh, have a babysitter's class at July 25th, and that's actually full. Um, so I don't need to advertise that right now. If uh, people are interested or the residents are interested, um, you can still call the youth department and we can start. I'm starting a waiting list so we can always get another class going um, this summer. But the class that we have for July 25th is currently full. Um, that's the first step, just trying to um, get our programs going and see how um, that's going to turn out. Our youth center will now be reopening July 6th, so Monday, July 6th, the youth center will be reopening. Um, 5th through 12th grade are allowed in the youth center from 3 to 6 p.m. So that's another big step for us. We we do, we are following all the CDC guidelines, um, so we can't, we definitely want to make sure we get every all of the kids in here. We don't want them waiting outside for too long, but we can't have as many as we had, so they do have to wear a mask. If they're coming in the youth center, we can only have a certain amount at a time. I'm in the youth center, but we do have things in place to get that open for uh, Monday. I feel like you're the experiment, like the, the big conversation right now going on in July and you see it everywhere. Am I sending my kid back to school? And do I think my kid's going to be able to handle like wearing a mask the entire time they're there? You guys are basically the youth department over at Evergreen Park is going to be really the first test of this. Like, are you nervous about the fact that you're going to be like, all right, these are this is what's in place. I can only have this many kids, and you guys got to keep your mask on. And then you might be spending the entire day going, hey, Billy, put your mask back on. Like, are you are you, are you worried you're going to become like that person that's just standing there with like a board going, put your mask on? Like, because they're kids, no, and you don't know how they're going to react. No, you know what? I think it's just um, them opening the youth center and giving them the opportunity to 
come back. It's just a small piece of what, when you know, when schools reopen in the fall of the transitions that's going to happen. Um, this is just a small part of it, getting them ready for what school will look like. So I'm not nervous. Um, I'm just, I'm hoping that, you know, um, we're working together as a community to explain to the kids how important it is in terms of, like, masks and uh, cleaning everything and sanitation and just following all the guidelines and expectations for the facility just, you know, to keep them safe. So I'm not nervous, but I'm excited to be able to, you know, just reinforce and to tell them, you know, how important it is. But I'm excited to get my kids back because I do miss them. I, do, I have seen them out in the community. So I think they're ready, and I think they understand, and they will, you know, we'll be on the same page in terms of, like, following the guidelines just to keep them safe. Do you think now when you're when you're trying to figure out things that you want to do with the youth department, do you find yourself leaning towards doing activities that may be more outdoors from time to time just because you might be able to spread kids out more? And you might I mean, you might have some parents that are still nervous about sending them inside someplace. I mean, do you, do you find yourself even thinking like, well, we could do this and this would be great because it's outside? Or do you do you want to just basically get back what you originally had going first? And, and that's what the focus is. Um, you have to start somewhere, Chris. So this is where we're starting. So whether that leads us outside more or or whatever the case is, a little bit more social distancing in the youth center, um, we have to start somewhere. So that this is our start. I think you're in the same spot as everybody else, Paisha. I think that's like, I mean, that's the thing. I had somebody the other day ask me about something that was happening in a month and a half. Like, hey, would you be able to make it there? I'm like, I don't know what the world's going to be like in a week. <laughs> I, tomorrow right, I may wake up. Right. Tomorrow I may wake up and aliens could have landed in the middle of Klein Park. I don't know. It's 2020. Anything can happen. I'm not making any plans. Like my mother used to always tell me. She says it all the time. You know, uh, tell God your plans if you want him to laugh. Uh, put it all in God's hands. There, these are all Godisms. Okay, and 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 then mm -hmm. also the idea that you you cannot make all these. You can't. You don't know what's going to happen next. So live you know, in the day and then you can make plans, but you just can't, you can't be married to your plans because you don't know how things are going to go. And never has that been more true than right now. And, you know, you're, I mean, think about it. You're, you're just like probably every other uh, business owner I've talked to myself because of, you know, we plan things with the EP podcast. You're running a department inside of the village where you probably used to have a giant calendar and plan things out way in advance. And you probably look at it going, yeah, it'd be nice to do this, but I don't know what's going to happen in a week or so. Right. Right. And that's correct. That's correct. And I, I do want to add, um, Chris, as well, through our recreation department, because I have transitioned um, as director again. It's uh, me and a couple um, other directors have put together with the EP recreation staff our summer camp that starts Monday, July 6th as well. How's the, how's the participation for that? I mean, did you get a, did you get a lot of interest? You got a good group? We, you know what, we do have a good group. We do. I definitely can tell you we have a good group, and we're really excited. I can also tell you Evergreen Recreation Department and the Evergreen Park Youth Department, we are ready for our youth, and we are ready for this next phase in our transition. We are ready. Yeah, well, you're, you're probably just the same way as, 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 like, when we talk to a restaurant owner, and he goes, trust me, we're ready, because we don't want to screw this up, and we missed it. <laughs> So we're going to get it right yeah. and we're ready. And, and it, but that's, but you, you have to convey that, right? Because you're going to have people that are still, there are people that are like, Hey, you, you see it. Everybody sees it. Okay. You have, you have people that think that this is all ridiculous and I should be able to do whatever I want to. And you have people that want to hide underneath their covers. And then you have people that are sitting in the middle of the entire thing and trying to figure out where they're going to go. And you, you, it's a good thing you're projecting that because 
You don't know what you're going to run into. You don't know. I mean, seriously, the first day of, of, of camp, you might have some parent come up and have like 40,000 questions that you're probably preparing yourself with. We have to be completely prepared for this because who knows what's going to get thrown at me on day one. Right. No, and I understand. And I'm like, and I want to give my number out again and everything because all the questions that my residents, my parents, my kids have, we are ready to answer those questions. We have so many things set in place to get ready for camp, to get ready for the youth center, to just move forward with safety. And we want to make sure that our, you know, the safety first of our kids, we want to make sure our residents are comfortable. And I can honestly tell you, Chris, that we are ready and we are looking forward to moving forward. Paisha, give out the number any way that somebody can contact you in case they have any questions and and how they can continue to learn about. I mean, we're always reporting what you guys are doing whenever we get a notice. But if they want, if they, there's a place for them to check and keep track of the other things that might be coming down the pipeline. Absolutely, Chris. So you can reach the Evergreen Park Youth Department at 708-229-3377. We also have a Facebook page, Evergreen Park Youth Department. Um, and even if you want to just throw on your mask and just trust that we're ready, pop on in into the building, to the youth department and the youth center. Um, and if you have any questions, I can we can do the six-foot, you know, social distancing with our mask on, and we can talk about what's going on, you know, right here in the youth center. And I just wanted to tell you, Chris, about the recreation department. If you guys, uh, residents, want to check out all of their programs and see the updated information, please check out the village website, or you can call the uh, recreation staff at 708-229-3373 or check out their Facebook, Evergreen Park Recreation. If I send my kids down there, do they have to have a reservation for the game room or can they just show up and it's first come, first serve? (laughs) Uh, It's a first come, first serve, Chris, but if they, you know what, if we're at the max, we will definitely get your kids in. We will definitely, we're doing our best to create some type of time management plan so that all the kids that want to join us in our youth center will have an opportunity to join us in that time that we're open. Yeah, well, I've been watching the 12-year-old play Fortnite by himself, talking and screaming over a headset <laughs> for three months. The, the, most, the, the word that gets spoken the most in my house is his buddy's name. It's nonstop. Jake, 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 over here, Jake, Jake, shoot that guy, Jake, Jake, Jake. I want him to go do that in front of you out of my house, Paisha, so he's on his way, trust me. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Chris. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll be sending him <laughs> back soon. That's Paisha Allen. She's from the Evergreen Park Youth Department. You just got some information on the rec department and the youth department, what they're doing. Thanks again for joining us, Paisha. You're very welcome, Chris. Thank you for having me. When you go out to eat, are you looking for just food or incredible food with an amazing experience? That's what Unidad, a Latin kitchen and bar, brings to all of Evergreen Park and the surrounding area. Looking for an incredible outdoor dining experience? Unidad created a unique, beautiful, outdoor enclosed patio area last summer. Not to mention, they will now have limited seating available inside of their eclectic restaurant. With a dinner menu you will brag to your friends about, Unidad now also offers Sunday brunch every other Sunday and lunch will begin again July the 21st, Tuesday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And a brand new summer menu will be launched in mid-July. With reservations required, call and get one now, 708-529-0911. Or use that number for their incredible curbside service and have a great meal at home. Don't go for the ordinary. 
Go Extraordinary, Unidad, a Latin kitchen and bar. Located at 3339 West 95th Street. Learn more at unidadrestaurant.com. Hannah's on the line right now. She's not down at the bar yet. She will be back very soon. The world is weird and it's hard to get her here each and every week and still stay safe for our household and hers. That said, she's got work going on the night. As she was getting on the line, I could actually hear somebody in the background sanding. And she says it's out on her porch. So there's big work going on over there at Hannah's house today. One of uh, my husband's uh, guitar students. Um, oh, said he's man, he got a guitar student to do it for him. Yeah, he said he's living off of his uh, sugar daddy money. That's what he means by his Trump unemployment. And <laughs> 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 I said, you can come over and sand. And I told him, I said, I will pay you $15 an hour plus tip. Wow. You're paying him like I got paid as a teenager, maybe even a preteen in the uh, in the early 1990s. So you're big spenders over there. No, no. I told him that. Yeah. And then he's over here this weekend playing Dungeons and Dragons with Dave. And Dave comes upstairs and he says, Hannah and Jerry. He's pointing to both of us. He's like, Jerry, anything involving money comes through me, not my wife. Dave is only paying him $10 an hour and oh, no tip. He is the and cheapest. No tip. He is the cheapest. So who ended up winning up? Are you giving him 15 or 10? He's getting 10. I'm oh, that's terrible. to slip him some. That's, yeah, you got to slip that. terrible? You're giving him 15 and your cheap husband gets in there and makes it 10. That's I know he's going to tip him cheap for all his hard work. I'm gonna, you know I know. What? I love Dave, but I'm going to tell this story now because there's no way I can avoid it. <laughs> And I always tell this story about him. Now, he's gotten a lot better as he's gotten older, but he always used to have this move. And I think we all have a friend that does this. He would have this move in high school. We'd go out someplace and we would be like, oh, let's go to eat here. Or let's go to eat here. I, I remember distinctly it was Jedi's Garden we were at one night on oh, 95th wow. Street and, and Southwest Highway. Yeah. There's a big group of like teenagers. Like we're all in high school and we had decided we we're going to go get something to eat. We're probably 16, 17 years old, whatever. We're all just sitting around, messing around, ordering Cokes and probably driving the waitresses nuts. And yeah. the bill's coming. And as the bill arrives at the table, Dave jumps up and goes, of I got to go. I got to go to the commode. He always used to say the commode. He still says commode. I know. And it was like, <laughs> if I say it fancy enough, people won't notice I'm trying to run out on the check. And then he would go and hide in the bathroom. Oh so God. you'd sit there for like 15 <laughs> minutes figuring out the check. And then he'd come back. He'd be like, so what do I owe here? Like five bucks? You guys got it all figured out, right? Do I owe anything? Do I owe anything? Do I owe anything? Did you eat anything? You ordered two appetizers on your own and like the shrimp dinner at Jedi's Garden. Like, what are you kidding <laughs> Do me? Do I owe anything? <laughs> <laughs> so he's only paying this kid $10 an hour. And he's out there sweating bullets. Oh, and it's hot terrible. Out there. It's humid. This is his third day doing it. I want to raise money for this kid. Like I want to, I, I want to take care of him. I want to and give here's him the thing, something. this kid is about to have a horrendous surgery done. It was oh, supposed now, to be... This is horrible. Now. You have to give him money, Hannah. Hannah, you I have know. to give the kid money. You figure out what the difference is. Listen what they're going to do to him. They're going to do that thing where they, like, slice your your jaw, like, in half your bottom jaw, and they break it, and then they put a plate in there, like, to advance your jaw forward. So, really? you know, Ugh. yeah. And then, like, his jaw is going to be wired shut I, for, like, eight weeks. I dated a girl just like that. I dated a girl like that in high school. She had the surgery. Her jaw became beautiful, and she never wanted to date me again. True story. Oh, no. <laughs> so you have to take care of this guy. Yes. Yes. That whatever the hours are, add five bucks for every hour at least. Yes. Okay? Because that was the original yes. price. All right? Yes. All right. Yes. That's, but Dave says that he handles the money. So, Yeah. <laughs> 
It's the middle of the show song. 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 Chris had nothing to put here, so he put this song. It's the middle of the show song. One of the things that I think is weighing on the minds of people in Evergreen Park, and I've heard so much about it lately, is what is going to happen when the schools open up. We had an announcement sent out from the superintendent of schools for the Archdiocese of Chicago because we've got our kids over at Redeemer, and I know we've talked with Tom O'Malley, superintendent of the high school district. We've talked with the folks over at District 124. We've talked with the folks at Mother Macaulay, and we've talked with the folks at Redeemer. We talked with everybody here on the EP podcast, but that stuck out to me because, once again, for the second time in a month, the Catholic schools have pretty much come out and sent something to all of us saying, we're opening. What's the plan? What's the plan? Plan is supposed to come in a week to two weeks. So they know they're opening, but don't know how. Well, they they don't know what their plan is going to be. And the word I'm hearing inside, and I can't give a name for it, but I know somebody that that works closely with the folks over there in the archdiocese, is that they don't want to do the face mask. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but they don't want to do it because they're they're like, if you put a face mask mandate on, how can we enforce it with the smaller kids? That's their first thing. Right. I'm worried about that with the public schools, too. And there there have been some really interesting ideas. We had Eileen O'Reilly on from Mother Macaulay just recently on the show, and Eileen said that they were coming up with a system, they had bought this system, where if the girls aren't back 100% over Mother Macaulay, that there's a camera in every classroom, and the kids can follow their actual class schedule, the teachers will be in the classroom, and then you'll be able to interact with the teacher. So if there's only half a class because they're distancing them out, the other half are sitting at home and they rotate what days they're in. And that was a worst-case scenario for Mother Macaulay High School that's right here in the area. My sister, who teaches over Macaulay, told me just recently she just got trained on it. So what Eileen O'Reilly told us was going to happen is clearly happening. She was trained on the system in case they need to use it. And I said, well, does that mean they're going to split everything in half? And she says, not necessarily, but you have kids that are going through cancer that are in that high school. You have kids that have that have uh, they live with at risk people. If they don't want to go to school or can't go to school, we want to still give them the same thing. Now, that's a pretty state of the art system. I know not every school is going to have. But I was really, I mean, she she talked about that. I think we were the first to hear about it here on the EP podcast. Right, we were, yeah. And and now we're hearing about it coming more and more to fruition. You know, it's weird because everybody wants to get back to normal. Yes. And we also have what the national media is telling you, which is get afraid again. And And I had somebody compare this to me today. They were saying it, it was a really poignant thing. They said, you know, the state of California is the same size as, as the country of Italy. And what we have is we're so big that if there's an outbreak in California, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to all of a sudden affect us. If people stay in California and don't travel. Well, there are European countries where you can basically move freely about. Right, And some right. of them, some of them were able to do much better than others, right? So if we're doing well here, there's no, it's not necessarily going to get worse in Illinois because other places are having problems. I think that's what I'm trying to point out here. The fact that there are all these different responses done differently by different governors and different local politicians and different different people that are running the show here it was never federalized. You can argue back and forth on whether or not that was a good thing. But I look at Illinois and I go, OK, I feel good about what's going on in Illinois and I'm not going to worry about the fact that Texas is having a problem right now or California is having a problem or Georgia is having a problem. Because as I've said before, and we said this, we've said this on the show a, a couple of times, we took longer to open, but I think people are more ingrained into their heads, put on the mask, you know, yeah. it's more ingrained into your head. Like this is what social distancing actually is. 
where it might not have been ingrained in the heads of other people in other parts of the country. So I don't necessarily have a fear because I see on the national media that there's bad things going on. Just like I didn't have a fear during the George Floyd protest, but I didn't have a fear of it when there was one here in Evergreen Park, which we know is peaceful. And it was organized by kids from Evergreen Park High School. So you can't sit there and look at the national media and get yourself all whipped up into a frenzy. I feel good about where we're at right now. It's good to have a healthy fear of it. It's good to have a like a I'm going to make sure I'm doing the right thing so we don't turn into them. But I also understand that there are plenty of business owners out there that are sitting there going, man, I'm I'm going to make sure we follow the rules in here because I don't want to close down again. Right. I don't know what to feel. You know what? So much has changed over three months four months, three months, so much has changed. I am living day to day. I am not planning for tomorrow. I am not anticipating tomorrow. Whatever I'm planning or expecting tomorrow, the way things are going is not going to (laughs) happen. So I'm just kind of like, I'm just going with the flow minute by minute, second by second. I've just given up. I just, you you can't plan. You can't forecast how things are going to be. You can't predict how the world is going to behave, who's going to listen to to orders. I'm just sitting here drinking my wine, <laughs> waiting for a pizza to get here. And that's as far in advance as I have made plans, well, other than my party. But right. that is as far in advance as I have made plans. That's my only expectation is that I'm going to finish this glass of wine and that my pizza is going to get here. After that, it's in God's hands. I don't even know. <laughs> Does your financial advisor actually take time to listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? Why worry about those things? When Tom Walsh is nearby, he's your local Edward Jones financial advisor. He works with you, focusing on what's important to you. He uses an established process to create personalized financial strategy, and he partners with you to help your strategy stay on track. Listen, families in South Chicagoland have been benefiting from Tom's get-to-know-you approach and do-the-right-thing values for over 18 years. Contact my close personal friend and also a fellow Brother Ice alumni, Tom Walsh. He's your local Edward Jones advisor, located in Mount Greenwood, right outside of the EP at 111th and Kedzie, member SIPC. I want to get into this thing that came out in the Evergreen Park patch. They did a little bit of um, a survey about Illinois schools and whether or not, and it was done, it it was, it was done by somebody outside of the person, Lorraine Swanson, who does the EP patch. So this is one that was Mm -hmm. sent out to everybody. And they did a little thing like, should we be sending our kids back to school? Which I thought was very interesting. They had this Illinois school survey and it was, it was shocking to me. I'm not going to get into like, you know, exact numbers here, but you're pretty much split down the middle between people that intend to send their their kids back to school in the fall and people that don't. And yeah. it, it, to me, that's, that boggles my mind a little bit. I wonder how much of that is fear because we've talked about this before that it's like kids don't really, this doesn't really hurt kids the way that it hurts adults and especially the elderly, but it's still something that has people a lot more nervous than me. I'm starting to wonder if I'm the crazy person here because I'm like, yeah, send them back. I'm done with them. Just send them to school, you know? Mm-hmm. Quesera, sera, whatever will be, will be. I mean, I'm not running around right. l- licking lampposts and I'm still keeping a social distance from strangers. A school is nothing but a Petri dish. Oh, it is. You know, it's, a, it's a Petri dish without a pandemic. I would be like, is this going to like help spread everything all over again? Just have, because I mean, you can tell them 
you know, so many different ways. Wash your hands, wash your hands. They're still going to wipe their nose and touch stuff. They're still going to sneeze into their hand and touch stuff. You know, you, you're not going to stop them from spreading germs. It's just not going to happen. So I'm just wondering, like, you know, are we ready? Because, and then think about it, you know, does every child that walks in through the school doors need to get their temperature checked? How long is it going to take kids to get into the building? Will they be waiting in line outside when it's raining, when it's cold, you know, waiting for everybody to get their forehead scanned, get their temperature checked. And then, you know, what's, let's say like, you know, you have like 30 kids that show up one day, that's temperature's too high. You know, where are you going to put these 30 kids until their parents can come get them? And, you know, I'm just thinking about all that. So I'm very nervous about schools opening. I don't even have kids and I'm very nervous about schools opening. As a parent that is going to be sending three kids back to school, and one of them is a a five-year-old, so he may lick a doorknob every day for all I know inside exactly. the building. Who knows what he's going to do? As a as a parent that's going here, I fully have to accept the fact they may get coronavirus. I have to. Right. There's absolutely right. no way that I believe. I don't. I don't believe there's any way I could send my kids back to school without them getting coronavirus. I'm not going to make mm-hmm. any, any bones about that. I don't believe it's possible. I just think that if they go, they're going to get it eventually. There's no way they make it through a school year without it. On the other hand... I also know that while they're they're carrying this risk, I'm also keeping them away from people that are really the high risk people. And we've had conversations, at least with the two older ones. The younger one doesn't really understand it very much. We can mm-hmm. kind of tell him he a little bit about it. He doesn't wear pants. How's he going to adjust to that? He has to wear pants if he goes back to school. And he just wants this <laughs> stupid virus to be over so he can go to Disney World. That's what he keeps telling me. <laughs> when is this stupid virus going to be over so I can go to Disney World? Okay, that's, that's all he cares about with this thing. But I understand that they're probably going to get it. And I look at the stats where it's like, you know, the CDC came out and they basically said, hey, look, uh, for every test that we have that's positive, there's at least 10 more people that have it that we're never going to see. So in reality, it's not two and a half million people in the U.S. that have it. It's 25 million. But the same amount of people have died and the death rate is less than half a percent. That comes right from the CDC. Like in the end, the death rate is less than half percent. And half of those are going to be people that are 65 and older. And, and, and the majority of the 65 and older are people that are infirmed or sick or in, you know, I mean, if you look, almost half the people that have died have been in nursing homes. Now, that's terrible. I feel bad for it. When I say that, that's not to disrespect anybody that's in an elderly age. If I were elderly, I'd be very nervous and I'd be staying away from everybody. Okay? I would have a can of Lysol and I would spray people in the face. I would do it. I'd be like, get away from me. Okay? I, would, I wouldn't go into a store without one. The moment a guy right. walks in without a mask, I'd be like, shh. I'd just be hitting everybody with the thing. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is basement. And the nude is basement. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, basement, the Nudie's Basement, the broad basement. Slancha. We gotta bring back that good people of Evergreen Park thing that we used to do. Right now. I know, but I had to have such, I always had to have like close contact. And the whole thing was I would show up at people's doorstep to give them the award. Now I think I would scare the heck out of people. Like, I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. You're like, no, oh, God, here comes, a guy, here comes a guy coming up to my door. Like, turn up, shut the shades, turn off the lights. We don't want any human contact. The EP Podcast.
heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at the eppodcast.com.